Hello and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jake Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Well, Jake, uh, <clears throat> I reckon uh, I'm doing mighty fine this evening. How about uh, yourself? Well, I'm doing mighty fine, partner. Uh, you know, I was just, the problem, I was actually out by, I was thrusting some coyotes, and I had a little bit of a garter snake in my boot, so I had to get that out of there. Other than that, I'm doing mighty fine. Uh, as you can tell, we're here talking about uh, season three, sorry, season four, episode three, high noon ish. Uh, I can't really do the accent, but yeah, I mean, I played so much Red Dead Redemption too that uh, well, <laughs> I'm used to this kind of thing. You implore me. Yep. That's the line I always remember from the first one. <laughs> uh, Whenever someone the uses the word implore, I I always want the first Red Dead. I mean. Yeah, I always think it's super funny that only, like, Wild West motherfuckers and, like, British people say reckon. She reckon? Yeah. I mean, the thing about the Wild West accent, which is funny, obviously, if you think about it, like, it's not actually what people in the Western United States sound like. It's because the Wild West was all just former Confederates. So it's all, it's all, it's actually just a Southern accent. Um, That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like, it's not a thing I put together until, like, I've watched, like, actual Westerns that dealt with the fact that it was all former slave owners. <laughs> um, not slave owners, necessarily, but people who have fought for the Confederacy. But, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, no, people in Arizona don't have fake accents. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, eh, now, of course, they, yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't. Now, what's your opinion? I haven't watched a lot of Westerns, so I really don't have a huge Western take. Do you, are you a big Westerns guy? Uh, well, okay, so I... Funny enough, I think two of the cast members on this episode are from Deadwood, which I've seen, and I like that Yeah, show I know. I think Jim Beaver, right, is one of them, I believe. Jim right? Beaver and Brent Sexton. Okay. I recognize Jim Beaver because he's in he's one of Guillermo del Toro's guys, which is just funny because it doesn't seem like something on paper, but he's been in, like, three of his movies. Yeah. Yeah, so I've seen that. Um, I've seen uh, Tombstone. Tombstone is my favorite Western. I fucking love that movie. It's garbage, but it's great. The new, the new three ten to Yuma, and I, think, I haven't seen that. I think that's pretty much it. I think Red Dead. I've kind seen. Of... You know what one you'd really like is The Quick and the Dead, because it's basically the Sharon uh, Stone. Yeah, it's a movie that is like it's one. It's directed by Sam Raimi, and it's like the most. It's at his most Sam Raimi, and it basically is a, a movie that the plot of it is: what if there was a town where they had a March Madness of gunfights? <laughs> If they what? I'm sorry. If they had a March Madness of gunfights, then it's just like a tournament, and it's like every character actor you've ever seen, like early Russell Crowe, early Leo, Lance Hendrickson, Keith David, just showing up, just shooting each other. Ugh. That's sick, man. It's like the opposite. You know, most westerns are like about like contemplating the open road and the open sky and your place in the world. It's like, nope. This is just fast moving camera and like bullet holes you the camera goes through. Anyway. Um, I recommend it, but uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about it. Talk about High Noonish, which is based on the title of the film High Noon, which is a western I've not seen because it's old. And I feel like westerns are similar to Elvis, are a thing that you really it's you really can't get into if your parents aren't into them. And I'm not inside there for the same reason because my parents my parents weren't into Elvis and they weren't into westerns, so didn't grow up with them. Yeah, I mean, um, my my family definitely didn't. Um... We didn't watch Westerns. We mostly, I think I've said later that, or I've said before that we mostly watched like Chuck Norris and like John Claude Van Damme movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's definitely not in my periphery. Like I said, I think I got the majority of, I said exactly what I did, but the the high mark for me is honestly Red Dead and Red Dead 2. I mean, yeah, Red Dead, great game. I actually never played the second one, uh, mostly because I haven't done much gaming in the past like five to ten years. Um, Okay. Mostly just because I am lazy and 
don't like to spend and I, i'm bad that's at the epitome spending. of things you do when you're lazy bro i understand no, but listen, I, I, it's actually not laziness it's that i am very bad at spending my money on big purchases that are going to be worthwhile like i will spend 60 dollars over the course of like a month just on like little treats at the store to get myself that will give me like one, but I'm like sixty dollars for a game. That's way too much. <laughs> like that's that's my it's, big problem. It's a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. It's gotten pretty out of hand lately. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's I really should just not get myself little treats when I go to the store and just instead spend money on video games. But you know, anyway. Uh, but we start off in 1989, and uh, we learn that uh, there's a giant hole that uh, Sean dug in the front yard. And why did you dig that hole? Because uh, they were playing cowboys and cowboys, uh, because Indians is offensive, um, and so uh, yeah, essentially Gus killed Sean and buried him. But or he didn't kill him; he shot him or stabbed him or something. He made him bury. He made him b- dig his own grave. He buried him, but he was too shallow, so the buzzards got him. Yeah. So, um, so that's what they were doing, and you know mm-hmm. they like the whole hyper realism of the situation, mm-hmm. and you know what else is. Very hyper realistic, refilling that hole before yes. Henry uh, shoots exactly. him. So we cut to the present, and Lassie is driving Sean and Gus on a highway, and uh, Gus is afraid that um, Lassie's going to kill them because he hasn't spoken, and he's like, Gus thinks that he's finally going to get revenge for all the times that Sean played jokes on him. Yeah, which Sean, you know, refers to them as basically, uh, uh, what would you call that? Like building camaraderie. Yes, exactly. It's they're just japes to him. Yeah, yeah, just little things, little little hazing, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, I know you can't do that anymore, but uh, yeah. So they're both still very nervous because, again, yeah, I would be very unnerved if someone took me for a car ride out in the middle of nowhere and didn't say shit the whole way there. Um, but you know, I would kill someone. Oh, I don't know if I'd kill someone if they changed my bank account numbers, which just begs a lot of questions. How the fuck did he manage to do that? Yeah, so he definitely had to have some type of access to, like, you know, he probably knew his, like, childhood cat or something. But anyway, um, uh, Lassie eventually says he's not going to shoot anyone. The problem just is that they're way outside of Lassie's jurisdiction. And uh, there's a t- old town that there's some unexplained happening things happening at night. So they pull up. It doesn't really seem like a town, but uh, they go inside, and it turns out this is old Sonora. Yeah, it's a place called Old Sonora, and it seems very much uh, stuck in the past, let's say. Um, And, you know, that's where, you know, Lassie had mentioned that he had an old friend there. Um, So they meet this old friend, uh, James Brolin plays him, and he is Sheriff Mm -hmm. Hank Mendel. Mm -hmm. And he's the sheriff of Old Sonora. Um, And, you know, at first you're like, okay, what is this, like a village type situation? But Mm -hmm. we find the real, Mm -hmm. the real, oh, well, okay. On the way, like while he's there, they explain what. If it's a if it's a village type situation, they're doing a very bad job. Let me just say that. For yeah, the never seen um, that movie, but I just know the twist. Um, so it's honestly it's honestly not bad, and I think that the twist is actually not bad at all either. I I watched it like last year because I watched all of Shyamalan's movies, and like that one, I didn't understand why. Like it's I guess it's a little stupid if you describe it, but like I don't know. It's an interesting idea of like what if people were so fed up with modern society they could made a town that was like in pretended to be in the 1800s and convinced their future generations that they were still back in the day that's an interesting idea i don't know i thought that i guess too much hate. yeah i yeah sure i'm just i'm not saying that's you i'm saying that for the record yeah, i wonder yeah, yeah, yeah. what I, 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 I stand. Gotcha. there's way more deplorable stuff that he's put out like lady in the water is unforgivable i'm not gonna pretend it isn't but the village is not a bad movie so 
uh, Sheriff Mendel, Sheriff Hank, basically explains what's going mm-hmm. on. And he reveals that Lassie's uh, nickname when he was parading around those parts was Binky, which is, I'd like to know how he came up with that. Which was also the name of the uh, high school football coach for the entire time I was uh, at high school. He coached from, I think, 1999 to uh, 2020 at Charlotte High School. So shouts to Binky Waldrop. Yeah, shouts to him. Um, and he explains that at first, or the weird stuff going on at first was just simple vandalism. People were stealing wood, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, Sean pins on a possible beaver or the Keebler elves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then it slowly progressed into the water being poisoned and a stench in the air that didn't exist there before. So, mm-hmm. which is cat, it's cat urine. And, uh, uh, Sean points out that Gus is kryptonized cat urine because he was once locked in a closet with an old tabby cat that was incontinent. It's a long story. And I love that Gus goes, it's not a long story. That's the story. Yeah. It's funny because I thought it was going to be total bullshit and it turns out it was true. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. And then since then, uh, since these things have been noticed, there have been more items that have been stolen or destroyed or misplaced and people are starting to get a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. So. Exactly. And I'm going to get a little bit nervous if someone doesn't get that laundry. So, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> living, LG, living good. And so, they, I, I mean, my family back home has the exact same sound, so that's all right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, they end up leaving the sheriff's office, and uh, Sheriff Hank is, you know, like, li- uh, you know, uh, he basically calls out a guy, another gunfighter, says, you better come peacefully. And they have, like, a little standoff, and uh, Sheriff Hank ends up shooting uh the other guy uh and uh what do you what do you got there what are you doing in i hear a uh twisted t oh a little twisted tea. Twisted teas are so good i'm not i don't even like iced tea that much which i know is sacrilegious to say someone who grew up in the south so i, I i've only had twisted tea like once or twice oh, yeah when it, well i've only had it when it was the only gluten-free alcoholic option well, well yeah i mean i typically wouldn't go for this kind of thing but i like i like iced tea i don't drink like iced tea like regularly but i like I like iced tea sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I come from the part of the country where it's you you, you get sweet tea, which is iced tea that has so much sugar in it, it might as well not be tea I at all. I thought it was the rapper um, from uh, Oakland, California. Sweet tea? Is that a rapper? Sweetie? Sweetie? Uh, oh, Sweetie. Yeah, okay. Sweetie. There's Sweetie there's and then there's iced tea. Yes. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, like, there was a breakfast spot, like the most famous breakfast spot in my uh, hometown. Uh, is the type of place that you four people walk in? They say, "All right, can I get you got four sweet teas?" That type of place, which I would usually say yes, but sometimes I would say no because I didn't actually want a sweet tea. Anyway, so it turns out that this, of course, is a tourist trap. It's a fake town for people to experience the old west. It's like the first so, version of uh, Westworld or something. Exactly. Um, and so Sean and Gus get bed rolls because they're gonna have to stay there overnight because uh, that's when the bad stuff happening. And um, Lassie's got to go because it's it's not as a jurisdiction, and you know he uh, doesn't want to get called back. Right, and like right before that, we get the little backstory that essentially uh, Lassie mm-hmm. used to spend all mm-hmm. of his time when he was a kid every weekend, essentially. Mm-hmm. So you know that's why this place means so much to him, and that's why he tasked them with being able to find it. And obviously, you know Gus is a little nervous; he doesn't want to stay there overnight. Um, and Lassie just fucking mm-hmm. leaves him there. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, Chef Hank gra- takes him around the arms, and I expresses that he hopes that they like beans uh-huh which i mean if you're i i mean i i'm okay with beans but oof that's not a sentence you want to hear because that means that beans is the main part of the dish and that's a problem in my opinion like if that's the only thing you're eating i mean okay i love beans i'm not gonna lie uh yeah 
Sorry, I, I'll say this. If it's like, if a Mexican is preparing the beans, fine. But Old West beans, I... <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But it, I mean, I think those kind of beans were typically like, you know, in some sort of like precursor to barbecue sauce, like sweet beans. I guess, you, you know what, you're right, you're right, that you're right. Be pretty good. Little, I could do a little that stew. Be pretty good. I, I, I mean, I think basically any meat tastes good if you cook it low enough and slow enough, yeah. you know? And I'm willing to bet that these guys ate this shit for so long that they must have come up with really nice ways of making it, like, as good as it can be. Yeah. Considering, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And another thing, too, about the thing about Wild West, too, is I'm someone who, like, I have a very high tolerance for gaminess, so, like, that actually is not going to be a problem for me, personally. Have you ever eaten gator? Um, I have eaten gator, which is actually not that gamey. It mostly tastes like chicken. Yeah, I think I had a gator hot dog once um, at this like German sausage place in uh, LA. I've only had fried gator, which is like the main pl- type of way you I get see. it. Um, it's good. I mean, when you, if you fry anything, you know, as Guy Fieri would say, you put uh, good enough batter on a flip flop, it'll taste good. So, um, and so they're around the fire, and Gus says, and I think this is fair. If this turns into Blazing Saddles, I'm out of here. Yeah, um, I haven't seen Blazing Saddles, but isn't there like some cakeication that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a very a lo- most of the humor is racial, and not in a bad way. And like a lot of people are always like, "You can't make Blazing Saddles today." It's like, yeah, because America is not in the same racial moment it was in 1973. Yeah. <laughs> like, but most of it is making fun of racism, obviously. But there is still a lot of the N word and other. Oh, really? Things. But uh, it's. I mean, it's incredibly funny though. I mean, all things it was like co-written by Richard Pryor. So I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse everything, but some people will be like, "This movie's so racist." It's like, no, 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 no. The joke is the other way around. It's just. Um, but yeah, it's. I would recommend it a lot. It's. It is the. My dad showed us almost no movies growing up because he was just bad mm-hmm. at that. But he showed us Blazing Saddles, and it was the first movie from like. Bef- it was the first movie from like before 1990 that I ever found funny. And like, there's a joke that he always would reference where all the cowboys are in. They're running on horses through like an open desert, and then they stop at in the middle of the desert. There's just a toll booth, <laughs> and they all stop line up at it. And I was like, "Excuse me." And then there's a line my dad would always say anytime we go to a toll booth, where guys looks back and says, "Someone's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes." Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I'll, I'll get to it at some point. It's a genuinely, I mean, it's Mel Brooks. It's a genuinely great movie. Um, anyway, so there is there an explanation for these vandals, and this is when Hank brings up the Ghost Rider, and I don't mean Nicolas Cage, aka Johnny Blaze. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't mean that. And so, yeah, apparently the Ghost Rider was a uh, a rapscallion from the days, from the old mm-hmm. days. Who, um, uh, what was he? He was a thief, like a horse thief, regular thief. A horse thief who met his fate at the end of a rope. Yeah. So this man was hung. Um, you know, not not great for him. And he and he was killed by hanging. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know why I'm in this mood. You said he was hung, oh. and he was killed by oh, hanging. Right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and apparently his spirit haunts the area, and obviously mm-hmm. that's, you know, we've had some scary episodes of Psych, it's always been debunked to not be a mm-hmm. ghost, but, you know, it doesn't stop somebody's from, their mind mm-hmm. wandering to this, uh, yeah. thing. And Gus tries to call a cab, but cell phones don't work out there, uh, Hank mentions that, yeah, we don't have electronics, or we don't have television, and we don't have fridge, a refrigerator, and, uh, Sean's like, it's like a prison. And Goss is like, yeah, except prison has all those things. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, so that sucks. Anyway, I, I'll be honest. I think Goss is in rare form this episode. I like when Goss is the one who makes fun of everything. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. He's very uh, deadpan and good. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, Hank gives him a little bit of background on Lassie. Basically, mm-hmm. his dad wasn't around much back then. And his mom worked all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, she would bring him over there. And essentially, Hank and Lassie grew up together. They became like family the only family that 
mm-hmm. each other really had. Yeah. Kind of. mm-hmm. And before they could keep going into this, uh, Hank gets up because something is spooking the horses. Um, yeah. yeah. So they, so Hank goes by himself to investigate, leaving Sean and Gus around the campfire. Um, but unfortunately for them, something causes the campfire to extinguish itself. So they're stuck in the dark and Sean picks up like the only lantern they have and kind of take off towards old Sonora upon which uh, Gus trips over something. Um, and they get into a discussion about whether Sean's stride or Gus's gait is the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing mm-hmm. that caused him to fall, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so yes. they look, but it's not, that no, they look with the lantern and they see a dead body, which honestly I thought was just a dummy, uh, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a dead body. Yeah. And so, uh, they are running for Hank. But, and, but, 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 sorry, um, sorry, I thought you were going to say it. But they also see a per- particular set of footprints, one that we'll mm-hmm. see later. We'll, we'll refer to later. Yes, with one foot dragging. Yes. Um, and so they're looking for Hank. Hank's not there, neither of the, the horses. Um, and then the horses come running. Hank pushes them out of the way. And Hank ends up getting uh, hurt pretty badly by the horses. Yeah, he gets, like, what, trampled, essentially? That's what it seems yes. like. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he gets trampled, and you know they obviously don't have the stuff that they need. So yeah, they go over to Henry's, and yeah, like any time that there's a problem, they go to Henry's. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, uh, unfortunately for him, I guess he doesn't believe in going to the hospital. He doesn't believe in anesthesia. Um, he believes in just having some mm-hmm. hooch. Well, no. But what's his first suggestion of what they do? Uh, oh, that Gus uh, by yeah. his toe to take the pain away from, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gus obviously doesn't want to do that. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so, you know, he's like, I got to be back at 9 o'clock to open up the gates. Old Snore hasn't closed in 45 years. And, you know, the county wants to shut down Old Snore. But don't worry, Binky, I have a plan. Now, James Brolin is in the Jeff Bridges school of people who are born and raised in L.A. but inexplicably sound like they're from uh, East Texas. Um, Correct. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever heard James Brolin speak normally. I don't think I, mean, I might have somewhere. Yeah. I mean, he always I, I think he just always has a sort of accent. I don't know if he I don't think he was born with it, but I think he like developed it. I, I think he just does talk this way, even though he's not from the South. So it's kind of like when Madonna would speak in a British accent. She's just like, yes, yes. Yeah. Although the thing, too, is I think I think I try to remember, too, is that like, LA, if you grew up in like LA deep LA County in like 1960, that's very different than what LA is now. Like if you're growing up in the Valley, I mean, you know what I mean? Like that kind of still was a bit rugged that back in the day. Yeah. So he probably grew up in Spawn know. Ranch or something. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Luke says here he went to prom with Squeaky From. That's not true. <laughs> um, so Sean is the new prom with in Squeaky town, From. Literally. Nice. Good one. I realized when I was thinking of the joke, I'm like, the fact that Rhymes is going to take away from the joke. Um, no, it actually made it better. Anyway. Uh, oh, I'm glad. So Sean is the new sheriff, and uh, he's really ex- he, he, he's really strutting his stuff, and he's doing an accent. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's a new sheriff in town, um, and, you know, he mm-hmm. tries to get them all in line, basically, to let them know who's, who's in charge now, for the meantime. And nobody really seems to respect the new sheriff. They kind of, like, drift off one by one. Um, until mm-hmm. one last person. Well, no, yeah, they all just drift off one by one. 
And uh, mm. yeah, so Sean's the new sheriff, yeah. and Gus is the town's blacksmith, which feels mm-hmm. coded. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just to set up the joke. You can kiss my blacksmith. Maybe, ass, I think yeah, whole... maybe. Um, and so uh, back to the police station, Jules tells Lassie that they got an ID on the body. That's actually a Santa Barbara resident, which might give them some leeway to investigate the case. That he was a multi-billion-dollar businessman named McBain. I didn't write down his first name. Um, and uh, Frank. what? Frank McBain. Uh, and so they're looking to get a warrant for his office, even though it's a county case. Uh, and so there's gonna be there's there's all jurisdictional problems. Yeah. Um. And so we cut to the office, and we learn that McBain and his real estate empire bought all of the acreage around Old Sonora. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just going to laugh every time I hear McBain, just because it reminds you of The Simpsons. Uh, I remember mm. I showed you that clip. I sent you it. Did you ever look at it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. McBain. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they, like you said, he bought all the acreage. Um, there's some new stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously, Altenor wasn't sold. So at this point, we are all thinking as viewers that Hank probably killed this guy to get him to like leave him alone, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But And this is like a classic m- cop show plot. Person doesn't want to sell real estate. You know what I mean? Like, that's like one of the oldest plots in procedural book. Yeah. Um, so this all makes sense to us. But of course, Lassiter and for some reason, Juliet can't seem to see where this mm-hmm. is all headed. Yeah. So mm. yeah, they also notice a new toll road on the plans, which I don't. I think it's just like that's does it's actually yeah, not important. important, but it just seems so at the time. Um, and so mm-hmm. unfortunately for them, they get busted up by Vic and the local uh, county sheriff, the county yeah. sheriff, um, yeah. which is the other Deadwood actor. I forgot who he played on the show. Mm. Oh, it, yeah. cool. And so uh, Lassie lays out his theory that they were trying to shut down a Pichur's local institution to build a mass transit system, which he points out because there's a model train set, but of course it's for children. And uh, it turns out that the thing he actually wants to build is a free park for the county called Ashley Baird Park. And I do love the joke where he's like, see, he didn't even name it after his wife. Probably his mistress. um, Uh, Wasn't that little girl with leukemia? Yeah, it was a poor little girl (laughs) with leukemia who was so brave. And yeah, Uh, so Lassie, uh, Lassie basically thinks McBain is the wrong person here he's a jerk and like he's probably some... he calls him a bad hombre yeah. which he was a few years before his time yes he was with that phrase um but you know they basically confirmed that the prime suspect at this point is now hank i, I think yeah what did mm. you ever watch deadwood or no yes. no i never did it's one something i would get in i i, I should but it, I, it's, it was before my time and frankly it's not in the pop cultural conversation enough among people my age to be something that like I sh- I'm not, you know what I mean? It's just not something that feels super necessary for me to get into. Do you, do you, not that that's why I watch TV to begin you, with. I mean, but. yeah. Do, did you, um, did you watch, um, I mean, did you know who the sheriff is in that show? Uh, isn't it, isn't, uh, Ian McShane the lead of the show? Yeah, but no? he's like the saloon owner. Is it to yes, the alpha? Yes, I know yes, he's yes, in yes, it too. Yes. Yeah. He's a badass. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, what is it? It's, uh, David Milch, right? Who made the show? Um, see, that's the thing. The thing, the experience of being Jay Christie is that I guarantee you 70% of people watched Edward couldn't tell you that, but <laughs> for some reason, just always got that in my back pocket. Yeah. Um, uh, and then he made John from Cincinnati. But anyway, um, it was just, it, it, that's just, that's just a pop culture object I've heard people talk about a lot because it's like one of the weirdest shows ever made. I've never seen it, but, yeah, um, so, um, 
they ask, um, they go back to Hank and they ask him, why didn't you mention Frank McBain? And he said that I never actually knew about a McBain. The only, I only got two letters from a company called Sweetwater six months ago and nothing has happened since. Yeah. Um, unfortunately from like what the police have found out was that, uh, Frank had been out to old Tonora by himself three times alone this month. So, you know, mm-hmm. food for thought. And, and he clearly had someone that he was liaison. Correct. With. Yes. So we go back to uh, Sheriff, uh, sorry, to Sean and Gus. I guess he's a sheriff. No, to Sheriff Spencer. Sheriff Spencer Spencer and Gus. And Gus is nice on the harmonica. He's playing old Susanna. Um, And Lassie Mm. shows up and gets pissed off that they're just sitting on their asses playing 19-card stud. Um, Which is very uh, funny. Yeah, I don't know how you play 5-card stud or however you call it. Well, the joke, no, I mean, you draw 19 cards, and that means you get that many pairs. (laughs) Like, that's the joke. Yeah. because five card start is you five card start is this is literally the most simple poker game. It's just you uh, have five cards upside down, and whoever has the most pairs or like the best hand wins. That's it. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so yeah, um, they mention that it's not as easy as Lassiter thinks it is. That you know, it's um, it's it's hard uh, killing people. Like obviously, Lassie hasn't mm-hmm. done it, and he's like, "Yes, I have." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, how about pretend killing?" Mm-hmm. You know, and. Yeah, because every day, who does uh, Sean have to he kill? He has to kill this old varmint by the name of Stinky Pete. Who he calls. Uh, or did you not get that he was calling him Stinky Feet? Okay, no, I, I was going to say Stinky Feet right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Lassie's like, you guys are busy playing cowboys and Indians. And it's like, did you say? And then they use the slower version. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a... <laughs> It's so funny that this episode came out in like 2008 and they were making this joke. And then my my senior year of high school, they still had Cowboys and Indians Day for. Uh, um, Did they really? Until like 2000. Yeah. My, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't say I'm shocked. Actually, wait, no. You know what? I think I think my, my senior year was the last year. They, I think they changed it. I think they changed it to America Monday, where it was where like red, white, and blue. I think that that's what. Which obviously, like the fact that that's what they thought the lateral move was says a lot. But um, it was better than people draw, dressing up as Indians. But it, it definitely happened while I was still in high school. That's um, unreal, man. Yeah. Uh, and so Gus is like, you know, that he's all hopped up on cactus juice. And so they're going to go question some people. They got to go to the saloon. I do love the visual gag, which no doubt was probably the most complicated thing in the whole episode because of how hard horses are to work mm-hmm. with, where Sean gets on a horse just to walk, go to the next building. Yeah, correct. And so, yeah, it's basically like 20 feet. <clears throat> and so they walk into the saloon and Sean thinks that stinky feet is inside the bar, mm. inside the saloon, sorry. Mm. And immediately starts mm. shooting at him, which, uh, you know, turns out that's not him. It's just some tourist who really was overzealous. I was really disappointed that there wasn't a game of Pharaoh going on, which is the card game that they play in Tombstone. Um, I feel like, honestly, the fact that Sean doesn't do an impression of Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday is really surprising. Like, you would think. Well, not really, because he's not, like, the authorities in any way. No, but, I mean, no, not, I mean, in terms of him, like, that Sean doesn't reference it. That he doesn't say, like, I'm your Huckleberry at some Yeah, point. I guess so. But that's, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, personally, I, Val Kilmer and Tombstone is legitimately in my top 20 favorite film performances of all time. I think it's one of the best things that are in a movie. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's a bit where it's like, hey, Doc, you're so drunk, you're probably seeing two of me. And then he pulls out another gun and says, I got two guns. One for each. Uh, I, I mean, see. I don't fucking remember anything except like trivia about that movie. Really, like the fact that it was directed by mostly Kurt correct. Russell. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Was yeah. that the movie where Powers Booth says, "Well, bye"? 
Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. I've said that for, for fucking years. Like, sometimes when, like, someone pisses me off and they leave, I'll just be like, well, bye. Johnny Ringo, are you cross? I do not like it when you are cross with me. Um, that's Sam Elliott? Sorry, Doc, he's just so... Oh, okay. No, that's my Doc Holiday. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> well, don't do that, again. that is just my game. So, um, yeah, they then talk to uh, Miss Annie. Annie, who is the ma- the the uh, madam of the uh, establishment. And, uh, yeah, we learned that. Where did she work previously? She worked five years at Disneyland. She was working the teacups. And then she spent the last five years here at uh, Old Sonora. And Sean demands, yes. not demands, but he, you know, asks her to refer to him as Sheriff Spencer or Hickory Pot or Dry Gulch Slim. Mm-hmm. Um, which I just yep. fucking love the word gulch. Um, there's mm-hmm. this random part of Hollywood. It's like right by like the studios. I, don't, I mean, you might know mm-hmm. this. It's a place called like Gower Gulch. No, it's like on the that. on Gower Street, which is a very famous street in Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's this one plaza where there's like a Denny's and there's like a few other establishments, and it's all in like Western decor. It's actually kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the Gower Gulch, the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Gower Street, which is right next to Sunset Gower Studios. Page. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, intersection is famous when it has a Wikipedia. Page. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, apparently Annie and uh, Hank were lovers at one point, but he broke her heart. And then we meet up with Deputy Sheriff Tripsy, whose <laughs> nickname is pretty offensive because he has a limp. Uh, he's the one who drags his foot. And uh, this is, they confront him about the fact that they saw his footprints. Yeah. You know, previous to that, he basically said that he loved... He started referring to him in the past tense, which is interesting. Um, that he loved mm-hmm. Hank like a brother. Um, but yeah, like we said, he his footprints were around there when the horses went bananas. And that's when he says that he caught a glimpse of whoever it was, but they vanished. Then they threatened to, you know, kind of, you know, do something mm-hmm. with him. I forgot what. Um, yeah. And he admits that he knows a little bit more. It doesn't seem like it's a lot, though. He says that he saw someone. He didn't see it. Well, also, he, he reveals that he was working for well, the yes, yes. You know, he said it, he said it wasn't me that had been vandalizing, but I was reporting on, you know, violations. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, he was getting a list of all the safety violations in order to get Old Sonora shut down. And, you know, that's basically his his part in the, in the scheme. Mm-hmm. And Sean, yes. first, this is when he first notices that there's, like, some water bubbling up from, like, under some rocks on the, on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, and then they, but then they see something more important. Once again, it's not Johnny Blaze, and it's it's the Ghost Rider. And I'm saying Rider. It's not the Roman Polanski film from 2010. It's the Ghost Rider. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, and so they chase where the Ghost Rider was, and he uh, disappeared into a mine. Yeah, and so the mine, the mine that's sealed up, a mine that's sealed Correct, up. Correct. Yes, the mine is sealed off. So can he go through rocks? Is he a real ghost? Who knows? I guess we'll find out. So, yeah. Um, there's a great, it reminds me of a great line in season three community where uh, Chang locks the whole gang up in like a room and there's fire outside and they're like, Chang, this fire's going to kill us. And it's like, fire can't go through doors, stupid. It's not a ghost. <laughs> yes. Community. Anyway. Of course. Don't, don't. I, I can deal with you bad math on a lot of things. I've, I've literally said nothing. Yeah. I, I know. I know. Um, and so, yeah, uh, what a, a thing that Sean, that Gus brings up, which is a surprising leap for him to make, but you know, he's not an idiot. He's like, what if the, you know, McBain murder has nothing to do with 
uh, the stuff, the vandalism that's been going on? Like, what if it's not about this specific business? Dispute? Yeah, it could be something else. Um, you know, so while they're thinking about this, it, this place is falling apart. We've seen it. And mm-hmm. we get the greatest example when they walk through, you know, the facade of a building. Yeah. And when they when they exactly recreate the uh, f- iconic bit from Buster Keaton's film, uh, Steamboat Bill Jr. Yeah, exactly. That, that one. Um, Which is one of the better Keaton movies. I watched all Buster Keaton movies a couple months uh-huh. ago. And I would say like four of them are I would recommend. I think Sherlock Jr. is one of the best movies ever made. And Steamboat Bill Jr. is probably my second or third favorite. I've um, never seen any. Yeah. They're mostly really good. They're like not like a not as homework, but like some of them are, are homework, which is why I wouldn't recommend watching all twelve. But like some of them, you're like, oh, this is as entertaining as anything that's ever been. Uh, well, Mar- I'd rather watch Mark Ass Buster Keen- Keaton. Who? Mark Ass Buster Keaton. Mark Ass, but I don't get oh, it. Oh God. Okay. Well, yeah. Like in the '90s and like those like uh, L.A. gangster movies, like they would call people Mark Ass oh. Busters. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. All right. So, um, they, uh, we cut to the police station where Sean and Gus are still in their outfits and they're talking to, uh, you know, Lassie and Jules and Lassie's accusing them of doing nothing, but Sean brings up the Gus cock consumption, (laughs) (laughs) which is funny. Yeah. Some very Oregon trail Um, shit. Well, once again, the the fact they don't reference tombstone here is the whole bit. Doc Holliday is consumption well, the whole time. they don't refer to a lot of Western movies, do they? I know, but I, I'll say this. Maybe it's just later, but Sean, as a character in my opinion, I feel like he's obsessed with Val Kilmer. So, like, it's just weird to me. Yeah, that... I guess so. Yeah. Um, also, like, that would be his Western movie. Like, Sean, Sean Spencer would be... He would have been, like, 13 when Tombstone came out. That would have been his movie. That's true. Um, so... But Sean yeah, goes, so go back. Vic comes yeah, in. So they go, they go, yeah, sorry, yeah. So Vic comes into the police station after they basically, into the room after they tell him about the ghostwriter. Of course, it's bullshit. And she, you know, correctly assumes that they're still working on this case, even though Lassie says that they're just there for a costume party. Um, and so basically mm-hmm. they need to stop it or else there's going to be disciplinary measures for Lassiter. And when she leaves, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sean basically lays it out that, you know, McBain's been dead for five days, but vandalism is still happening. So someone else wants mm-hmm. that land, but who? That's the real mm-hmm. question. Exactly. And so um, I do love. I, if you're gonna move on, I do like that yeah, when you know they they. Lassie basically says that when they find out who they're gonna do, who who was behind mm-hmm. this, he's gonna shoot them in the face, and he has like the craziest look in his eyes. It's super mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. And he then says Bubkiss. For some reason, I just wrote down the words. He says Bubkiss. Um, the Pete Davidson movie or show, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I always think that there's an old SNL sketch, which I know you don't mm-hmm. watch, where it was actually, I think, a rejected SNL sketch, but like went viral because it's so stupid of a fake show starring Judd Hirsch and a fake made up actor. And the joke is that it was produced by Judd Hirsch's company, Bubkiss Productions, which is that idea so funny. <laughs> Like, that's such a, like, a two comedy writers think it's funny to see that John Hirsch had a production company called Bumpkiss. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, it is. It made me laugh. Yes. Um, uh, and so we, we cut back to town, and old Sheriff Hank is leaving town. He's been licked. Yeah. Um, yes. He's leaving town because even he can admit that this place is falling apart, and maybe the idea of that park that they want to build Maybe it's a nice place, and you know he's an old relic, and 
just it seems like he just wants to step aside. Yeah. And not only that, but yeah. he's already talked to Sweetwater Land Corporation and signed the mm. lease over mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it's going to happen. And I think from what I remember, was Tri- yeah. Tripsy was going to stay behind to help with the transition or something? I think so, yeah. yeah. And so uh, back at the station, Lassie and Jules get called into Vic's office. It's not because they're in trouble. It's because the sheriff needs some help because there is an old bullet that uh, they can't identify down at the lab. And it's because it's from a hundred year old slug from a nineteen eighty three Colt. Sorry, nineteen seventy three. Eighteen seventy three. Eighteen seventy three. Eighteen seventy three Colt Peacemaker, um, and uh, it's uh, that's of course a unique gun. And so they confront Hank, and uh, they ask him. They for go it. back the old Tulsa. Yeah, they ask him for the gun. They ask him for his piece. And he's been firing. Yeah, they ask him for a. It's an, honestly, it's an old. It's a stale biscuit. Yeah, stale biscuit in pretty good shape. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's apparently from the the eye ballistics test. He's been firing live rounds. Mm-hmm. He says that he's been he shot a rat or something. But you know, you should have said a coyote. That would have been more. Yeah. Fun. Um. And so you know, Lasseter is very upset. But they place Hank under mm-hmm. arrest, and yeah, I'm sure it hurts. Uh huh. And so we uh, cut to Sean's back at Henry's looking for some advice, eating some grilled cheese, which he's like being very not like, I just love the fact that Sean has this idea that his dad's a piece of shit. When it's like, he, you went over to his house probably unannounced and he made you grilled cheese. Like, shut up, you know? Yeah, I know. It sucks. It's terrible. And so, yeah, Sean um, feels he, bad about the situation and he basically thinks that Hank's innocent and Henry gives his harsh two cents, which is that this is a simple case of transference. Uh, basically, Lassiter... Mm-hmm. Uh, cares so deeply about Hank and doesn't want it to be true. Mm-hmm. And so Sean, feeling for Lassiter, also believes the same mm-hmm. thing. Which leads Sean mm-hmm. to question, what the hell? Like, have you been, like, hanging out with mom lately? And apparently, yes, they've been mm-hmm. dining together. Yeah. Yeah, he accuses him of being David Niven now. Who the hell's um, David Nevin? And so David Niven is, like, a 1970s, like, famous, like, classy British actor. Okay. Um, I see. And so uh, we cut back to the... Old, old Sonora, and um, they've been looking for an hour. And uh, Gus is basically like going back to the ghost explanation, and Sean calls him Winston Zedmore, which is Ernie Hudson's character from Ghostbusters. Mm, gotcha. Um, yeah. Well, I'm like, you know, Gus, Gus still believes it because he hasn't slept in two days and he doesn't know what to believe. Exactly. Um, which, of course, is ironic because who played Gus's dad in the first appearance of That's Gus's right. dad? Yeah, Ernie Hudson. Replaced by who again? Uh-huh. Keith David. Oh, they're both great. Which, you know, I know it's controversial, uh, but it's, 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 it's an upgrade. What do you mean? It's an upgrade. Sorry. It's an upgrade. Oh, oh, gotcha. Keith David, I like Keith David Morris. I like Keith David Morris as an actor. I agree. Um, also, I mean, you know what's a great meme? Have you seen people use the meme of uh, where it's Keith David like, Welcome to hell, motherfucker! Is that from, uh, <laughs> hold on, don't tell me. Uh, Tales from the Hood 2? You're not going to know it unless you... Tales what? from the Hood Part 2? Damn it, you're right. I have you have you seen no, it? No, I've only seen the first one. But I know he was replaced. I've seen the I saw the first one. I saw the first one last year. Do you remember who's in the first uh, one? Yeah, Henry. <laughs> He's the racist <laughs> senator guy. The racist senator, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh anyway, so they end up actually they're near like the bubbling rocks. And as someone who is from Sinkhole Country, because like West Coast of Florida is one of the biggest sinkhole places in the United States because there's so much uh, water underneath. Because wa- the water is so close to the surface in Florida. Like in a lot of places in Florida, you can't dig six feet under for graves because it, you get water. Oh, um, like it's why there's no basements in Florida. Um, 
And a thing that I could have told you is that uh, if you were near rocks where there was water bubbling up from underneath, don't stand near there. <laughs> that, that's um, either there's water under, like there's the, the ground is not solid. Gotcha. So sure enough, uh, so they end up. Well, yeah, that's exactly what happened. The ground collapses underneath them, and they fall to the ground where you know Sean thinks he broke everything, and uh, Gus claims he only broke his cossacks. No, he, he bruised his cocks. Like, yeah, when we get back home, you have to rub oil on my coccyx. A warm massage is what my coccyx needs. Yeah, so maybe we get that whole thing. Uh, I don't know. I know it's it's funny every time. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, you know they take they find a lantern and they use it to look around and it looks like it's an old. It's like a mine shaft, but it doesn't look like it's an ancient mm-hmm. one or like one from that era. So it looks no. like it's been relatively made mm-hmm. recently. They find a bunch of modern tools there, relatively. And not only that, mm-hmm. but they get a little glint in in the walls of the of the mine. Yes, it's a li- and Gus is Sean's like, wait, this is all what's been about copper, but of course it's not copper, it's gold, right? Um, I love gold, and uh, yeah, and so Gus is smart about this because I mean, Gus being into metals is not really surprising. It's like him and Neil McCauley are both into metals, um, right. uh, and. They, um, Gus points out basically that there's no vandalism going on at all. It's all because of the mine, that the wood's going missing, the wood's disappearing because he needs it for the mine shaft. The, uh, things are falling down and they're sinkholes because of the mine changing the wo- the water table. Uh, the water's getting spoiled because of the waste from the rocks and stuff. Like, it's all in the sulfur. Like, it's, there's actually no, van- it's not intentional vandalism. Correct. And yeah, so everything's matching up with what appears to be happening down there mm-hmm. and unfortunately for them uh they stumble across the culprit who is stinky pete mm-hmm. and uh he proceeds mm-hmm. to knock us out like right away um and so that's kind of mm-hmm. where we leave them for the moment yeah mm-hmm. and so um at police station and uh lassie tells hank that the slug didn't match his gun so they let him go and uh, Hank is like disappointed in Lassie, which is always silly. It's like you're a lawman; you got to go where the evidence goes. You can't, you know. I guess back in the day, it was like if you swore, so if you put your word on it, you didn't go to jail. Yeah. Um, and so what they've realized though is it's the same type of gun that it must have come from a set. So who else would have it? You know, obviously Stinky Pete. Uh, and so um, Gus wakes up, and this is the line that makes me laugh the most: is he says, "Ah, now I got a throbbing he- headache and a throbbing coccyx." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're being held at gunpoint by Stinky Pete, and yeah, Stinky Pete was the writer mm-hmm. as well, and he disappeared into the mine mm-hmm. shaft because the mine shaft. I mean, it was obviously sealed up, but it was like a false wall; it was not fake, and yeah, obviously no one noticed mm-hmm. that. And so they give mm-hmm. him props on his little operation down there, and essentially mm-hmm. the whole reason for all this was that um, he was prolonging the sale of the land because. Um, you know, if McBain's crew would have gotten there, uh, if uh, if Hank would have sold the mine over to, sorry, not the mine, mm. Sonora, old Sonora to McBain, then it wouldn't have been very long mm. before the construction crew came and found it on the land. So he needed to buy himself exactly. a little bit of time. Exactly. And so Stinky Peep says, you know, they say that, sorry, uh, I guess after playing a bad guy all these years, I became one. And Sean points out that the same thing happened to Yul Brynner. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, they, uh, he ends up knocking, P ends up knocking out one of the supports and trapping Sean and Gus in the mine. Um, 
And what's uh, Gus's first instinct? Yeah, he finds a spoon down there and he starts shoveling. Um, and, you know, Sean rightfully is like, he starts like digging into the wall. Sorry. And Gus mm-hmm. is like, what? Or Sean's like, what the hell are you doing? And he says, like, if it worked for Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption, you know, get busy living or get busy dying. Um, which was a Morgan yeah, Freeman quote? I just love the conceit always. Was that what? a Morgan Freeman quote or was that Andy Dufresne? Yeah, yes. Okay. And I and I love the conceit, though. Anytime they reference a movie, they say they're doing one thing. I always love the joke of them being like, that makes me X. And I love Sean being like, that makes me Morgan Freeman. And I don't like that. <laughs> like, I just love that. They, that's where they always go. It's like, that makes yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Sean, though, notices that there's some water coming down from the... One of the uh, walls. One of the walls. And so they start digging into it. And then they pickaxe they into it. Because of them. They pickaxe into it. And they end up be- appearing from outside the uh, saloon. Mm-hmm. Um and as this is happening, uh, Pete is uh, go- making his escape, but he gets stopped by Lassie, and we get a little, you know, standoff. A duel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, you know, he's got the old 1873 Colt Peacemaker, which I love it's called a Peacemaker, even though it's like, yeah, you're going to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sh- mm-hmm. uh, Lassie has his Glock. And so they get it mm-hmm. done, and essentially, you know, Lassie shoots him. Um, I don't think dead. Mm-hmm. But, oh, sorry. And, like, as this is happening, there's these two tourists, like, watching them. And they comment, Mm -hmm. like, they're both wearing black. How do we know which one's the bad guy? Yeah. So once Lassie takes down Pete Dillingham Mm -hmm. is his name, um, Mm -hmm. they, uh, you know, they're, like, they start booing him. And then he calls Mm -hmm. them a bunch of toothless rednecks? Hillbillies. Hillbillies. And uh, at the end, we learn that uh, Hank is going to decide to... uh, He's he's gonna retire after all, you know, because he's got all this money from the gold, and you know he doesn't. Uh, he figures that now it's time this cowboy's hung up his spurs. Um, right. And so and now, now, and what's his last? What's the last thing he's gonna? The do? The last thing he's gonna do is he's gonna make Miss Annie an honest woman. Um, because mm-hmm. yeah, we didn't even mention that they used to have a thing together. <laughs> I don't think we mentioned that. No, we did. I mentioned it. Yeah, and so. Uh, Sean's like she's about to give up the world's oldest profession because he still thinks she was actually a madam. Yeah. Um, and uh, the episode ends with Lassie telling Sean, "If you ever call me Binky again, I'll shoot you." Yeah. And so that's nice. Um, so yeah, yep. what would you give this episode out of ten? Uh, probably it's either a seven and a half or an eight. Probably let's say seven and a half. Yeah, same. I gave it a seven and a half as well. Um, yeah, it's fine. yeah, it's okay. I mean, I think they could have leaned a little bit more into the western uh, situation. I agree. So, but yeah, overall, I mean, it was still pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, with that in mind, uh, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Andre Barrera. And you can find me at the Jay Christie. Please review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life. And more important than that, tune in next week as, well, let me just say, I believe this is the first appearance of an actor from your favorite show of all time. Uh, I think it's your favorite show of all time. Would you say that Twin Peaks is your favorite show of all time? Yeah, probably. Uh, we're talking episode four, season four, The Devils in the Details, and The Upstairs Bedroom. <laughs>